everyone, this is Izzy, the founder of the blog and YouTube channel, A Girl's Two Sound Sense. You are currently listening to Sounding Out, the podcast where I speak to friends, from musicians to producers to zine makers and promoters, about their experiences as women and queer femme people in the music industry. As always, please don't forget to give the podcast a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. It would be super helpful to help more people hear the podcast, and it will also get me recommended on streaming platforms. Today you will hear my conversation with Russian Czech songstress Aiko as we discuss her latest single, I Wanna Be Perfect, her favorite modern artists as of late, her experience working with Stephen Ansel from Blood Red Shoes, engaging in elaborate choreography on stage, and much more. But before we get into this episode, I would like to remind my listeners that I am paying for the podcast out of pocket, so if you would like to help me make more episodes and maybe help buy me a coffee, then head on over to my Patreon for unedited episodes of the podcast and more chill conversations with guests outside of the interview process. Those who join my Patreon will get access to patron-only video essays and exclusive voting power for future artists that I cover on my YouTube channel as well. So head on over to patreon.com slash girls2soundsense, that's girl with three R's, to subscribe. And without further ado, let's get right into this episode. Hello. Hi. How are you doing? Uh, what's going on? Good, good. It's yesterday I played the gig. It was lovely. It was to support Ukraine. Uh, and I'm in Prague right now. Just came back for like a week to visit my family. And I'm going to go back to London. Very and nice. What about you? Um, doing all right. You know, taking it day by day. <laughs> As you should. Oh my God, I feel like the news just gets more overwhelming every day. It's terrible. I Sometimes I even have to take a step back and just not read it because I get too overwhelmed by it. Because especially since the Ukraine thing started, I'm like, no, I think I need a day off the internet. Yeah, I, I hear you. Because they need to get your attention. And since there's so much going in, they're really trying to get your attention. You're like... I don't want to know everything anymore. <laughs> so I guess uh, for people who are listening, would you like to introduce yourself? Mm-hmm. Of course. Um, so my artist name is Aiko. Uh, I am based in London and Prague and I do um, alternative pop, I'd say. So tell me all about you. What do you love? Like, what are some of your favorite records? Um, do you have any interesting um stories throughout your life about how music has shaped you personally mm-hmm. so first thing off I don't really come from a musician family in general so I haven't really been raised on any records or anything I, my dad used to listen to some music for example my mom she doesn't listen to music at all so really not so many influences from within sort of so all the artists that I listened to growing up I actually like came to myself uh when it comes to some records that I love in general I really like Aurora and all the Scandinavian sounds 
Uh, so these are some the production that I'm drawn to. And uh, lately I've been really loving uh, the British band Jungle, if you know them. So they are great and I love that production and the way it's really, it's high energy and it's a seven piece band. So it's really a lot going on at all times. And I've been listening to it on repeat every day for about a year at this point. And I'm still very enjoying the sound. Um, yeah, I feel like, uh, what I, what really drew me to your, uh, music, especially was the very maximal sort of art pop, uh, production and the drama and the fantasy of it all. But, um, I really loved how, even with the visuals, you're very sort of go big or go home. Uh, what would you say? is the sort of inspiration you take uh, that inspires you to really make music that's so dynamic and compelling? Thank you. First thing. <laughs> Actually, sometimes with a producer that I work with often, he calls my music dramatic pop. <laughs> and um, when it comes to this whole um, go big or just go home kind of sound, I think it really just comes from my personality because I am that way myself, sort of with the dressing, with the way I act. I am a, like a very high energy person myself and quite dramatic. Um, so it's more about how I feel the whole world coming into my music rather than something coming in from within, I'd say. Definitely. That's really interesting um, that it's an extension of uh, your personality. Uh, would you like to elaborate on that a little bit? Because I'm definitely interested in hearing more. Yeah, as, as I mentioned, I can be quite dramatic and I my <laughs> moods can change quite fast and quite like often. And in that sense, what I really like to play with in my songs and what I like even when when I listen to other people's songs is playing with dynamics and contrasts uh, in music. Cause I feel like it draws the listener in even more. Uh, and in that sense, the sounds that I go for, I really like big dramatic sounding drums, orchestral drums, and I really like to use gongs in my songs, which also, Again, big, dramatic. Um, and even when I really try to do like minimalistic songs that are simple, it always just grows back into something big. And I I just embrace it. Like it's probably just the sound that I'm drawn to. It's really interesting what uh, sort of, you mentioned that you have this one producer who you have really great chemistry with and work with frequently. What is a... Mm -hmm. A production session sort of uh like um and how does that collaboration sort of um operate normally for you guys mm -hmm. uh, so his name is Stephen. uh maybe you know him from the band blood red shoes and um what I really like about our sessions, I always prepare some sort of a, like lyrics, melody before I come actually in into the session. And um, 
I have some guitar chords, just a bass when I come in. And together we develop the ideas. He has some ideas. I have some ideas. I put some references in. And we just play around with ideas. We sort of go with the first instinct that feels right. We're going to do that. And what I really love is that nothing is a bad idea. We can try everything. It's totally fine. And sometimes that's the beauty of it. Because I know that sometimes, like, for example, when we recorded the song Gemini, we just messed around with different plastic sounds and just pitched them higher or lower or just somehow distorted them to the point when, where we actually use them as drums or bass as synth because we pitched them high up. So it's all about trying and we just go into a session for at, at around 10 a.m. and we go out of the session at 8 p.m. with... Uh, a base of the song done and then we record the vocals the next day that's really cool um the sort of experimental and an exploratory approach but I also wanted to ask you I guess about the first time you realized that you wanted to take music seriously I think ever since I was a child I actually have a video me as a child I was I think I was about three or four years old and I'm just pointing at myself saying no you girls sing so it sort of has always been a part of me uh, but I really started writing lyrics when I was about 13 I went in and I knew then that I wanted to do music but it sort of sounded like the child kind of thing that I want to be a singer kind of thing so I still pursued it. I still wrote stuff. I performed at like local gatherings kind of thing. But I did go into a national TV show when I was 15. And sort of at that point, I realized that it's really something I want to do. And I really enjoy performing and I really enjoy just sharing the joy of music, I think. Um, so ever since then, I pursued it quite actively. Tell me more about this national TV show. What t- what TV show was it? So it is a version of The Voice in the Czech Republic. <laughs> I was 15 at the time. And I can't say that it's something that I would sort of brag about now. It's not something like, it's not something that you would represent yourself with because it's not really your original music. But it's a good way to get exposure. And how long ago was was that? Um, you were 15 and how old are you now? 22. That was 17, seven years ago. It's insane how much time has passed, but you don't even realize. It feels like yesterday was like 2015. I know, I know. And the thing is, even when I graduated from high school, which in the Czech Republic, it's 19, I it feels really, really long ago and at the same time like it has been like a few months from then it's a really weird concept of time (laughs) yeah exactly um and what I think was really cool that uh you incorporate into your music as well as your love of contemporary dance how long has uh dance been a part of your life I've always been dancing. Uh, I've never, the thing is that I've never 
had this one style that I used to dance. So I went through all the hip-hop Latino and I settled on pole dancing when I was about 17, 18, something like that. And after that, I went into some contemporary classes just as an open classes, but because I've always loved dancing, it was something that like I found myself in. Um, so I decided to put it into my music videos as well, just because I feel like music is an extension or the other way around dance is a physical extension of music for so sure what, do you dance I do um have a pretty prominent background in dance I danced competitively for five years and then I uh trained with a company uh in Boston mm-hmm. in high school um, I don't do it as much anymore now, but it was definitely a massive part of uh, my sort of formi- formative um, connection to art as a whole. Yeah. Which it was classical dancing or contemporary dance? It was most, it was contemporary dance. It was ballet, tap, uh, hip hop. But yeah. And I do you, have you incorporated um some of your routines into your live performances as well or just mostly music videos I did actually so I started pole dancing at gigs I uh, specifically produced a song for especially for this choreography I'm not as cool to sing and pole dance as of now <laughs> uh but um yeah I incorporated it into my live gigs and the feedback has been great I'm sure. Yeah, that sounds sick just um, to get up there and uh, really just give a fully like physical and visually like put together performance. Yeah, yeah, I came up with the choreography, produced the song. So everything's pretty much done by me. (laughs) That's great. And I was wondering if that sort of DIY spirit is something that you carry with you um, most of the time, or do you also enjoy the sort of professional collaborative process in addition to the? I I absolutely enjoy the professional collaborative process. Uh, I really like to sort of have control over the things that I do, but at the same time, I want the results to be professional. So I always like to come up with the idea myself and then give it into the hands of people that know how to do it really well so they can help me collaborate together and just, I think it's even better to collaborate with people because they have some ideas that you don't have and you can, it just brings the whole thing to another level. And you recently released a new single as well. I want to be perfect. Um, where and you tackle the, uh, I guess the personal uh, battle to always achieve perfection on the first try. Um, <laughs> so, do you want to tell me a little bit about how that song came to be? Mm-hmm. I think it it's coming from the background of. I'm I'm an only child of immigrant parents, so the expectations are pretty high, and it's something that I'm bringing into my life ever since childhood, and it's the expectations that I have from myself that I would like to achieve perfection on the first try, really easy and effortlessly, which 
we pretty much all know that it's quite impossible. <laughs> and uh, it's sort of, I would say, even just calling myself out in the song. Um, and to that, I decided to film a music video as well. And how did the uh, vision for the music video come to fruition as well? Because it's a very uh, elaborate production um, and it's very, it's really, it's super fierce as well. I love like the clicking of the heels addition to the sonic sort of architecture. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Yeah. That is the idea of the director of the music video. Um, that's where the collaboration part comes in, that I love working with people who understand the vision, who understand the idea, and they just bring it to the next level. Um, but uh, the music video came in with the idea of actually shooting the whole thing in a studio uh, where they do, what's the word in English one? They, the sculptures. Sculpture studio? Yeah, sort of. Um, where the idea was that the students that play the role, the people that play the role of students in the music video, that they would draw me while I'm pole dancing. Because pole dancing is something that I like to incorporate into my music videos. And we also casted a couple from the Czech Republic uh, that I sort of feel that they represent perfection for me because they have a really nice relationship they're quite in the public eye they have a really nice relationship together they're great looking um so for me they sort of represented perfection and um at the same time we added uh the dogs and the sword sort of as a symbol of power and do you feel like you're sort of putting your own spin on the word perfection because because i feel like language is very malleable in general yeah i think the thing is that meaning of perfection is different to everyone mm -hmm. so something that is perfect for me doesn't have to be perfect for someone else and what would you say would be the ideal um, version of perfect in your eyes hmm. the ideal version of perfect is a great career the way I envision it uh, great relationships with my family and people that are close to me and at the same time finding a work-life balance sort of definitely I feel like that's also it's it's kind of like how people talk about success it's like some people define success as like having a work-life balance and just being happy and other people are like but can you imagine wanting to be like more accomplished than happy that that sounds that sounds like a nightmare I can't imagine the whole motivation to love. That's the thing, because I can't imagine being really motivated for some time. But then if you don't really even give yourself some time to enjoy your accomplishments and be happy, then who are you even doing this for? Because not for yourself. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Probably not for your close people as well, because they don't really get a happy version of you. So who are you doing it for? Exactly. It's, it becomes this whole existential, like, yeah. question, just you, like, how do you define success for yourself? Perfection for yourself? Me personally, mm -hmm. I would say I define success as 
living comfortably and doing what I'm passionate about. But if I can't find that balance, I can't say, I can't, I know we can't really talk about happiness as some sort of destination you have to get to, because it's a state of being you, you're going to be happy one minute. And then the next you're going to be, um, so paranoid or depressed. And so, but if you, if, if you can't have those moments, to, then like you said, who are you doing it for? And what, and what is, and what, what do you even value in your life? If the only thing that you have your sights set on is wealth and success and you don't care about anything else. That's the thing. Hey, but because the way we're wired it has so much to do with being a people pleaser in so many ways. That's true in a way. But I think at the same time, it's quite, it quite depends on how you were raised. Yeah. <laughs> and also in which culture. That's very true. How would you, I feel like um, the, yeah, what I'm basing most of that point off of is mostly American culture. That was interesting to me when I visited America uh, because we don't really have it as much that you have to be number one. You have to be the best. Um, People admire it when you are number one. People admire it when you accomplish big things. But the conversation doesn't really revolve around just being accomplished. People actually care about other stuff as well. Mm, yeah. Would you say that was a massive sort of uh, diversion from how you grew up? Um, sort of learning that in that that there were various cultural expectations in different places that certain people were shaped by mm-hmm. so i am i was born in russia but i moved to the czech republic when i was five so the first thing that hit me was learning the language <laughs> in general because my parents didn't speak czech we were all learning at the same time and um yeah i think even the mindset and the mentality of russian people and european people are very different but since I grew up there I never really felt it as much as like looking back at it now and then when I moved to London the way people are actually way more friendly there and more polite to each other that's interesting (laughs) thinking over that it's true that in Denmark or in any any Scandinavian um, countries you can leave stuff in the street. They're probably going to return it to you, find you and return it to you. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. So interesting. But ha- you were born in Moscow, right? Yeah. And were you there long enough to sort of remember what that was like? Or was it, did you move to the Czech Republic sort of pretty quickly after you were born? So I moved when I was five, but I don't remember as much as because I was growing up, I didn't actually go to kindergarten and I was mostly with my family. Um, so I don't remember as much, but I do remember visiting and you really just feel that the mindset is a bit different. You don't have as many common things to talk about. 
How, how so? Um, how is it the, at the mindset that you talk about different? At the mindset, I think it's sort of <laughs> Russian people in general are quite intense as people. <laughs> They're loud and emotional and just when you just get to know them they're quite cold and can sometimes come off as a bit of just even rude or aggressive but once you know them they're really like warm and nice and yeah when you visit a Russian home you're most probably going to be greeted very like big and well Uh, whereas in the Czech Republic people are always polite to each other and then you get into the nice and warm zone, but they won't start off as cold, really. That's interesting. Um, and you incorporate a lot of, um, just going back to your Czech roots, you incorporate um, sort of a really malleable um transitional flow between languages in a lot of your songs and how would you say that um the sort of the whole mixing together of um your london roots and your czech roots um affects your music i think it's for the languages uh, actually it was the first time that i wrote something in czech just because I started writing lyrics back when I was 13 in English and I never actually went into trying to write it in Czech or Russian. So I was at a songwriting camp last year and I helped another artist to write a song in Czech. And that was the moment I realized I probably know how to write in that language. So I did try it for myself. Uh, But when it comes to combining uh, roots and inspirations from all the cities um it comes quite easily because i work with different producers in each city and i get to just sort of when i work in the czech republic i get to implement the workflow and mindset and just inspirations from the uk and vice versa (laughs) it's really cool and uh your music you also tackle a lot of political um angles of um womanhood and the power of um sort of claiming um the femme uh sort of mm-hmm. um intuitiveness to sort of really thrive and i feel like um and This is uh, something that I really loved about your music, uh, especially the electronic art pop uh, isms of all the production. It's 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 that it feels the sound feels very feminine to me. I feel like when I listen to a lot of electronic music that was made by men like like Nine Inch Nails um, or or like throbbing bristle and stuff like that or skinny puppy you can it's it's very aggressive and cold and it's really refreshing to hear um uh tracks like yours where you can hear the the real sort of dynamic form and it also feels warm and sort of um like fluid um 
and but also powerful. And Thanks. glad to hear that. <laughs> glad that I was able to put it in. <laughs> but I was wondering if there were any particular um artists that you and your producer um really sort of got into in sessions uh that may have directly or indirectly influenced any of your songs. Yeah, as I mentioned, uh, Aurora, she's been quite an inspiration for me. I love both her production and she also plays with the contrast quite a lot. Um, lately, I've been quite inspired by a more rockier, sort of a bit harsher sounds. So I love the new Halsey's album. And um, maybe if you know uh, Yonaka, the band. Mm-hmm. So that's sort of my inspiration lately. Yeah. And uh, yeah, the new Halsey album, like uh, all goes back to Nine Inch Nails because she worked, it, they worked with Nine Inch Nails on that album, which. Yeah. 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 We and... were saying it does sound like Nine Inch Nails, but with a female vocal. <laughs> yeah. And it's very, it's very cool how, um, I think something that Halsey said in an interview to promote the album was very funny where um, they, when they made Manic, they were at a, po- a point where, where they were really angry. I'm like, I'm, I'm going to make an angry album and then just didn't go in that direction at all. And then Halsey got pregnant and was like, oh, I'm so happy. And then the album turned out to be like, very, angry. Yeah. very like yeah very and like very violent and sort of images of sort of the grotesqueness of childbearing and everything and <laughs> and womanhood and I just thought that was so interesting like interesting. The, how the mood you're in can, sometimes can have no bearing whatsoever on how the music turns out that is interesting and maybe it's sort of also the thing that she had that idea back then and it sort of needed to grow in her and flourish and get to the point of actually doing it. But it wasn't that at the point when she, um, she did manic. Right. That could be the thing. Right. Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. It can be versatile. And as you grow and change and just, you also, I think, being a big like music star, it doesn't mean that you have to make the same music at all times. <laughs> exactly. There's not like it's not like artists have signed a contract being like I solemnly swear never to ever change my sound and it like always gonna sound pop. The thing is yeah. that even if she did make the same pop all of the time, then the people would be annoyed that why is it all the same? Mm-hmm. So you yeah you should just explore I think yeah you literally can't you you can't win it's like um <laughs> like uh, and it's like I feel like anytime this subject is tackled it's it's always um it's I think that's the thing that you should always just go what feels right to you and that's it <laughs> exactly yeah you know what's very interesting um is that I was watching, um, do you know uh, Bo Burnham? The, the name sounds familiar. He's, he's working, I know him from, from TikTok. Is it possible? Um, he 
Um, well, I'm, I'm sure that a million of the things he he's made have gone viral on TikTok, but he um, is a he's a postmodern millennial um, comedian who does very meta humor and also writes these satirical songs, these satirical comedy songs. He released a special called Inside uh, based on the pandemic on Netflix uh, last year, I think. But mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> and he has this really funny bit in one of his old specials where he plays the role of an old friend from college being like coming out of the woodwork, like, oh, my God, I've been telling everyone like how good of friends we were, even though we like never talked or anything. And then it goes to like some dude who bullied him in high school. And and then it goes to an agent where it's just like. And it's clear that he had had personal experience with this because this whole agent like bit is like, oh, you know what? You need to increase your presence on social media, man. And you know what? Young people don't relate to this introspective shit. We've done studies. So why don't you just do a funny, write some jokes about like, I don't know, Facebook or Razor scooters or breakfast cereals. And it's just like, um, but you saying that people um, um, sort of being taken advantage of by audiences or and or people who s- sort of want to steer their career in a direction that they don't want to go in instantly uh-huh. reminded me of that Bo Burnham bit where yeah. it's just like the management guy. I've heard so many stories like this. That's the thing. And it's terrible, honestly. <laughs> I think it's good to encourage. I think it's good to inspire, but not to be like, you should do this that way and that way and that way. Yeah. And also like so many of these like these people who act as talent agents or scouts, like they're clearly so out of touch with what's Mm -hmm. actually happening. And it honestly baffles me how label people in the music industry at all these majors, how do they still exist? (laughs) Yeah. How do they, and how have they not figured it out that anytime that they advise an artist against something, they're always wrong. They're always proven to be wrong. Yeah. And I think with, TikTok coming in, labels are just, they have no clue what is happening because suddenly and randomly a song that is 5, 10 or 15 years old goes viral (laughs) while they're trying to promote a new release. So I don't really think that they know what to do with that. Exactly. Yeah. I think um, it's very interesting. The fact, and also I, what I appreciate, what is really interesting about a lot of audiences especially for like art and music is that they can always if something's not organic like yeah like people it doesn't even take a good uh, a great amount of insight for any old person to realize when something is just fake mm-hmm. or just being forced it's yeah fake. it's just being forced people can feel that this trend is forced so Someone's just shoving a song into my face. Exactly. And um, I guess uh, I also wanted to ask you um, something interesting. You've been featured um, on so many editorial playlists and have been um, featured in um, Spotify campaigns and on billboards. Like, do you want to talk a little bit about... um, that it must to see your face on a billboard in Times Square must be like <laughs> surreal. Um, I think 
career-wise, it mostly actually affected sort of the confidence and feeling that, yes, okay, I think people respond to things that I do because I have no clue how many people saw the billboard and most importantly I don't know how many people actually connected like I saw her on the billboard I'm gonna go check out her stuff it's more about my own feeling of being accomplished in a way as we talked about and the same goes with the tutorials it just feels great it feels it makes you feel more confident in what you do and that sort of projects into what you do and how you do it and the quality of the things that you do. So I think that's the biggest impact that it had. But then it's just also really cool and it makes the people from the industry respond more because they see like, oh, she's been there and she's been there. She's probably something worth checking out. And then it starts the conversation in a way. So, yeah. yeah, definitely. And um, would you say that it's pretty satisfying to sort of look back on when you were really um, just hustling to sort of get um, your music off the ground and to look back on it now and be like, well, I really did something that feels great. It is very satisfying. I, every time that I just like, I feel a bit down and I'm trying to pick myself up. I mean, career-wise, I'm like, okay, but we've like, I've personally was able to do that. So probably we can do that again. It's fine. Everything's going to go well. Yeah, exactly. And before I let you go, I was wondering um, who are some really, really great people that you're listening to right now, who everyone should be listening to. Let me check out my music folder. I fell in love with Olivia Dean's uh, Olivia Dean's Echo. I love that. I don't know if you know her. Also, Aurora, yet again, her new album. I love her very much. And then, actually, I have to say that TikTok has affected me a bit. So Rainbow Kitten Surprise has been on, on my phone and on my playlist quite a lot. Nice. Yeah, thank you so much for uh, hopping on today. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to Sounding Out with Izzy and a big thank you to Aiko for joining me. Remember to subscribe to my YouTube channel. My blog is izzyshutup.com. My Instagram page is at a girls to sound sense and my Twitter is at misanthropei. Make sure to check out my Patreon. I would be so grateful and you will also be acknowledged in my YouTube videos as a thank you. Thank you once again for listening and I'll catch you all in the next episode.